Hello and welcome to Training in Japan, the podcast that covers all things trains and travel in the land of the rising sun. I'm your host, Karun, and I'm glad to have you tuning in for this episode. Last time, I began our journey exploring Kanto's private railways, looking at KQ and Keisei railways. Give it a listen if you haven't already. Today will be part two of our deep dive into the private railway industry, this time with Odakyu and Tokyo. As always, I'll go over travel locations on these two lines that I highly recommend you visit. There is a lot to get into, so let's begin. First up is the Odakyu Electric Railway Company or Odakyu Dentetsu Kabushiki Gaisha in Japanese. It was founded in 1911 as the Kunogawa Hydroelectric Company, initially as part of the power industry in Japan. After it was granted a license to build a railroad in 1922 in order to connect southwest Tokyo with central areas in Kanagawa Prefecture, the company developed a subsidiary, the Odawara Express Railway Company, named after the city of Odawara, which sits at the foothills of Mount Fuji. An 87 km railroad from Shinjuku to Odawara was completed in record time for Japanese railways, roughly about a year and a half. And began services in 1927, with this railway acting as the trunk line for the rail company from there onwards. In 1937, the Sino Japanese War broke out, and as it became apparent that it would become a grueling affair, the Japanese government decided that all of the nation's power companies should come under the control of the state as part of emergency wartime provisions. As a result, the Kunogawa Hydroelectric Company merged with its subsidiary, the Odawara Express Railway, in 1941 and officially formed the Odakyu Electric Railway Company. However, as Japan continued to evolve itself in the Second World War, the government continued to take control of more infrastructure organizations, with the railways being next in their sights. In 1942, Otaku, along with Tokyu, Keio, and Keikyu, which was known as Keihan at the time, were forced to merge into the Daitoku mentioned previously last episode. But as 1948 came around, all the companies that had been acquired were once again privatized after the war had come to a close. As the second half of the 20th century began, Otaku started making great strides into the tourism industry, with its railroad being the key contributor. In 1950, the company opened a direct line from Shinjuku to Hakone Yumoto, one of the most popular onsen locations in all Japan, and in 1960, it established its Golden Course, a round trip of the Hakone area that tourists can still take to this day. This was all spearheaded by the operator's hugely successful Romance Car series of trains, a limited express service that ran direct from Shinjuku to all of Odakyu's resort destinations like Hakone, Enoshima, Fuji, and so on. But the 1960s also saw a large population boom along the line, and many trains were being filled up twice their intended capacity with passengers. And this was not helped by the agreement with Tokyo Metro to allow through services onto the Chiyoda line. 
to solve this, Otaku planned to build a dedicated four-track section in its most congested area in Tokyo's Setagaya Ward. However, construction didn't begin until the 1990s due to the resistance from local residents and difficulties acquiring land, but it wasn't until 2013 when major renovations of this section of track began, and it was finally completed in 2018. But today, the Otaku Electric Railway Company alone is responsible for carrying 13% of the 34.5 million rail passengers who travel throughout the Tokyo metropolitan area each day, with a daily ridership of 1.82 million passengers. The company operates 120.5 kilometers of track, 70 stations, and 3 lines. In addition, Otaku also owns the Hakone Tozan Railway and the Enoshima Electric Railway, making it one of the juggernauts of the private railway industry in the Tokyo region. After all that history, I think it's time we get into the key line portion for Otaku. Since the company only manages three lines, I'll discuss the trunk line, the Otaku Otawara line mainly, and give a brief mention to the other two. So, the Odawara Line, it's the gateway to the Hakone area in Kanagawa and is also the first line the company ever operated, all the way back in 1927. It also acts as a bypass route for the JR Tokaido Line that passengers can take to get to Tokyo from the Odawara area, easing congestion on that route. Finally, of the 1.82 million daily passengers on Otaku Railways, the Odawara Line carries almost 1.5 million or 82.4% of that total ridership. And as for the other two lines, the Tama Line operates as a commuter service for the residents of Tama Newtown, the largest new town in Japan, with express services to Shinjuku Terminal. The Enoshima Line connects Shinjuku with Katase Enoshima and Fujisawa stations in the Enoshima region of Kanagawa, another one of Otaku's resort destinations, but I'll talk about that area a little bit later. But it's now time to discuss our second railway of the day, Tokyo. The story of the Tokyo Railway Company or Tokyo Dentetsu Kabushiki Gaisha in Japanese is the story of one man, Keita Goto, the founding father of this railway conglomerate. But before Goto was involved, the oldest predecessor of Tokyo was the Musashi Electric Railway, which opened in 1908, but it was only a paper company. This was a company that didn't operate or own any trains, yet obtained the real estate and permission rights from the government to do so. In 1921, Goto was appointed director, who turned the company around and then bought a controlling interest in said company by 1922. Two years later, in 1924, Musashi Electric Railway acquired the Meguro Kamata Electric Railway Company before officially rebranding into the Tokyo Yokohama Electric Railway, colloquially known as Toyoko, that very same year. Meanwhile, the Meguro Kamata Electric Railway acted as a subsidiary to Toyoko. During the 1920s and 30s, when Japan was rapidly industrializing, Goto recognized that the key to his nation's success was efficient infrastructure, and with the Tokyo-Kawasaki-Yokohama corridor becoming ever more important, aggressively expanded his railways to serve these areas. 
By the end of the 1920s, Goto operated six railway lines in that region of Japan, which included the now Toyoko Line, the Megaro Line, and the Den and Toshi Line. In the 1930s, he and Toyoku began taking advantage of the land surrounding their railways and began developing and constructing real estate. One of the first and notable areas to be built up was Den En Chofu, which is now one of Tokyo's most exclusive residential areas. At the beginning of the Second World War, Toyoku merged with its subsidiary Megaro Kamata but kept the Toyoko name. As mentioned with Odakyu and Keikyu, when World War II began to strain Japan's resources, the government forced Toyoko to acquire the previously mentioned railways in 1942, with the company officially rebranding to Tokyu. As a result, the Keio Corporation was forcibly acquired a year later, with this period of history known as Dai Tokyu. It wasn't until 1948 when the government granted independence back to these railway companies. Following the war, Tokyo expanded into other ventures or worked on existing ones, such as retail, which the company actually first ventured into in 1934, and they were opening department stores at many of its Tokyo-located stations. Other expansions included advertising, airline travel, and automobile part manufacturing. However, the railways were still the corporation's mainstay. In 1958, Noboru Goto, the son of Keita Goto, succeeded his father as company president. Following this, Keita Goto, the man who led Tokyo to success, passed away in 1962. Since then, Tokyo's railways never saw any large growth or expansion until the late 1980s, when JNR was privatized into seven companies, which saw increased competition for Tokyo consequentially. As a result, Tokyo decided to increase the frequency of its rail services in order to alleviate overcrowding. It increased the speed of trains along its lines and improved the conditions of stations in order to better the passenger experience. Now in 2021, Tokyo operates seven lines directly and owns a further two railway companies in Izuku, located on the Izu Peninsula, and Ueda Kotsu in Nagano. The railway company is also responsible for a total of 99.5 kilometers of track and 96 stations across its network, connecting western Tokyo with the Yokohama and Kawasaki region. That was a lot of history to digest, but it's time to get into the key lines for Tokyo. Unlike other private railways, Tokyo doesn't really have a main trunk line, with its railways more interconnected than most private railroads. First up is the Toyoko Line, a 24.2 km long track which connects Shibuya Station to Yokohama Station and acts as the main line for the Tokyo network. It has a daily ridership of roughly 1.1 million passengers and acts as a good alternative to JR's Shonan Shinjuku Line, which also has operations between Yokohama and Shibuya. The Toyoko Line also has through services onto the Tokyo Metro Fukutoshin Line from Shibuya and the Minato Mirai Line in Yokohama, offering an easy and fast way to commute between major parts of Tokyo and Yokohama. The second key line for Tokyo is the Den and Toshi Line, which is 31.5 kilometers in length and connects Shibuya Station to Chuo Rinkan Station in Kanagawa Prefecture. It has a daily ridership of approximately 1.2 million passengers and is actually the 7th most crowded train line in the Tokyo region. And this includes all the railway companies, by the way. 
It's safe to say I would give this one a miss during the peak hours. As for through services from Shibuya Station, many of the Den and Toshi Line services will continue onto the Hanzomon Line towards Oshiage or Skytree. That was a lot of railway talk, so I think it's time to change it up a little bit with the travel segment. As always, I'll go over some places that I recommend you check out. Today will be locations on the Odaikyu and the Tokyu lines. First up on the itinerary is Hakone, one of my personal favorite places to visit in Japan. This is an area famous for its hot springs, the beautiful natural scenery of Lake Ashinoko, and the ability to get some great views of Mount Fuji, when it's not cloudy of course. You've got the open air museum dedicated to showcasing sculptures and paintings, many of which you can experience in lush nature. The museum also has a dedicated section towards Picasso, containing many of his works. Gora Park is a French-inspired garden that also contains a tea house and acts as a nice getaway spot late in the day. If you're feeling a little bit more adventurous, you can ride a ropeway to Owakudani, a place filled with many sulfur releases and warm rivers. It's also famous for its black eggs, which are just regular eggs boiled in the natural waters of the area, and the sulfur turns them black. There is just so much more to do in Hakone that I've left out, and I always try to keep going back once every year to discover what is new. But how do you get there? Well, simply catch the Odakyu Odawara line from Shinjuku Station and then change trains onto the Odakyu-owned Hakone Tozan Railway, with the trip taking just under two hours. Odakyu does actually offer one or two day passes that cover the return train trip as well as unlimited use of the ferries, buses, ropeways, cable cars and the Tozan Railway. If you're planning on seeing everything there, I highly recommend you pick up a pass. But if you're more of a beach person, then the next place on the travel list might interest you, and that is Enoshima, an island connected by bridge, containing many shrines, caves, gardens, and breathtaking views of the surrounding ocean. Feel free to hike about the island as you wish, but if you don't have it in you to constantly hike up and down this mountainous island, then you can always take one of the many escalators instead, though you do need to pay for them. On the mainland nearby, you have many beaches to relax at during the hot and humid summer months, though they do tend to get popular, so do be careful. There is also the Enoshima Aquarium, which showcases the diverse marine life located in the waters surrounding Enoshima. But to get here, just catch the Odaku Enoshima line from Shinjuku to Katase Enoshima Station, with the trip taking about 1 hour and 15 minutes. Next up on our itinerary, a short two-minute train ride on the Tokyo Toyoko line brings you to Daikanyama, a place that is referred as the Brooklyn of the Japanese capital. Here you have many restaurants and shops along tree-lined streets, making it hard to believe it is only one stop away from Shibuya. If you like your reading, then I definitely recommend you go to Daikanyama Tea Site, a building that contains the Tsutaya Bookstore, which offers a vast range of not only English and Japanese books, but also CDs and DVDs too. There are many cafes in the area too, along with a dog park and even an art gallery. One station further from Daikanyama on the Toyoko line is Nakameguro. 
Like Daikanyama, Nakamegaro contains many cafes, bars, restaurants, shops, and bookstores. But what makes it different is the Megaro River, which runs through the heart of the area and offers a great stroll along its banks. During the cherry blossom season, it becomes a stunning sight that attracts many from all over Tokyo. It's so popular, in fact, that you've probably seen photos of this on promotional material for Tokyo, and I can say that it is definitely worth the hype, and you should check it out if you ever get the chance. And with that, we're at the conclusion of this behemoth of an episode on training in Japan. I certainly enjoyed it, and I hope you did too. Next episode, there is still more private railways to talk about with Keio and Seibu up next. If you want updates on episodes, travel tips, or train news, follow the show on Twitter at Training in Japan or on Facebook. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you down the line.